This is episode 289 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel, Protected Jedi, Manzano. It's hard to do it when you're at the wrong address, when you're at the wrong space station. Will, too many pilots, too many lists, Higwood. Uh, seems like I'm building in every faction all the time. And Ryan, there's another Wednesday to enjoy, Staniszewski. Yeah, even though that the Andor show is over, may I recommend, I'm not even a fan of like the universe itself that much, but Wednesday, the TV show on Netflix about Wednesday Adams from the Adams family, me and wife just got done with the, with the, the, the last episode of the first season. It's actually pretty good. I highly recommend solid solid my wife was was talking to me she's like i started watching this you know and i, I think you'd like it i was like oh, okay sweet i know she plays a cello and i know that she the actress like took cello lessons and i was like respect all she these tried to do her best and learn how not to blink for as long as possible too yeah so de- dedication really good mystery uh season it's not one of those where you're like like i was i was guessing till almost up to the end that's awesome all right so as for announcements and news slash things we need to talk about so first um we have coming up in january the las vegas open and uh, it is official gsp will be there streaming uh we got the call i've been had been waiting i was like i wondering if uh if, if we would if we would get the green light and we do so we're gonna be there uh who exactly is gonna be there we don't know yet we need to work out logistics and all that stuff but what i wanted to take a, a bit of a tangent and talk about the format in which they are doing the las vegas open um because if you read the fine print you'll notice that it's not normal and when it comes to the world uh, qualifier, okay? Because it is a world qualifier. They are giving out invites for worlds. But let's talk about the format. So uh, in the main event, they're having a day one and a day two. And from there, making their top cut on Sunday. The top three players, notice how I said three. The top three players will be getting the world's invite now you might be wondering well how do i figure out who gets the last invite between the third and the fourth player they're actually going to have a playoff they're going to have a playoff for that now you might be wondering dion why are there only three invites in that tournament well um what has been done is they're having uh a a last chance qualifier-esque it's not the capital t-h-e last chance qualifier for adepticon but they calling it they're calling it at Las Vegas uh, Open last chance qualifier um a single elimination tournament for that fourth and final world's invite so you sign up on Sunday and you play and whoever ends up undefeated with the number of people playing uh, will walk away with a world's invite. Something interesting, a different way to go about it. Uh, and I know that a lot of other places have done the tournament formats in, in slightly different ways. I think this is probably the most different that I've seen. But it definitely uh, has a um, – reminds me of the System Open series from before. How there was like something to actually play for if you didn't – win like didn't get into that top cut silence 
I, I was they, hoping. What did they call? <laughs> what were they called at the system opens? Uh, this it was always the yeah you had to go undefeated. Uh, mm -hmm. The second day, it was like a hyperspace jump tournament or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was hyperspace, um, and it was usually hyperspace because the main tournament was extended, and then they would do a hyperspace. Um, just, I think that was what it's called. I think it was just called the hyperspace. Yeah, hyperspace qualifier, maybe. Yeah, something like that. For, yeah. Sure. Uh, I, I, I like the idea. It gives people a reason to stick around till Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of people, especially the people that are trying to get the invite and they're traveling in, mm -hmm. they usually, you know, are optimistic and reserve their time all the way until uh, end of day as if, you know, hoping for the best. It gives them reason to, to play on Sunday. Um, I like it. Uh, I wonder if they would, if you have to not have an invite in order to join <laughs> just to uh, just to no my understanding yeah, is that honestly, the other question too is like once you get to those top three what if one or two or three of those players already have it how does it trickle down so i did with this whole like extra Play yeah, especially like if the all three of them have it let's say or all four of them have it so when i was talking i did talk directly to uh the to as a reminder uh fly better just be uh, because uh like ryan was the one that uh ryan farmer he's busy planning for his wedding and basically didn't have the time for the logistics for LVO um, was my understanding. So they have a, uh, a more local TO. His name's Brian, Brian S. I'm, I'm forgetting his last name. Uh, but he's doing a great job. And I got to talk to him. And he's basically said that his plan is to roll it down until everybody's got it. So he's saying that the more likely scenario is let's say you have one person out of the four at the top four who don't have a who one out of the top four that already has an invite then just the two three and four end up getting an invite and the playoff is unnecessary uh and after that i think honestly they just end up winging it I mean, you just kind of start calling people until whatever happens um because essentially if we had even if there were four invites available, you would do the same thing. You just kind of keep trickling it down until somebody ends up with that invite because you don't want it to go to waste, right? You want you want it to make sure it gets used. So, uh, yeah, interesting. I'm excited to see what comes of it. Um, but that does mean, you know, especially for us streaming there, that during the final, there will be another game going on that has stakes, and what we've been doing at the last couple of events is that camera that we usually have pointing at the players, we've been pointing that to another table and possibly during the final have another table to be able to peek over and see uh, who's going to get that invite. But again, that's going to be played by ear depending on what's happening there. Uh, defending champion Daniel, a.k.a. Isophane Lim. I believe he's planning on attending, but he's also saving up wife points for Adepticon, which is in March. So, something to consider. <laughs> All right. The next thing I wanted to cover was uh, Galaxy's Prizes. I actually did get a couple messages saying, hey, what's the status on these? Essentially, the cards were delayed uh, in shipping, but uh, my 
hope, because remember, we're working with Curl Paw Creatives to get all the packing done. Uh, my hope is that all the cards get there relatively soon, and then packing can begin. We do have all of the This Is What You Won like emails set ready to go i just didn't want to send those and people thinking that it's already in the email or sorry already in the mail so i'm just kind of holding off uh, but we already know what everybody's won ready to have that all divided and we'll get that ready to go next what's the next gsp online series dion the next thing i i have decided on a couple of factors uh first it's going to be a league style um, and you're going to have the option of signing up for four different sectors, all right? Four different sectors, a.k.a. time zones, all right? So essentially, there will be a stretch. Like, if you are available to play from X time to X time, you pick this sector. And we're, they're going to be slightly overlapping. Um, and this is just to give people opportunity to plan uh, games within their their sector. Because they're going to be assigned uh, people to make it simple. We, I had a couple of, different, couple of different ways I wanted to do it. But uh, I think for our first rodeo in this league style, you will have an assigned opponent. And that person will be in that same sector as you. So you have a, a chance within that week to get uh get your game done then the plan is we're going to take the top four from each sector and create a top 16 and once we have that we're going to be working with those top 16 players and getting those games scheduled and uh, making sure that they try to get them scheduled on wednesdays and saturdays or other days where we here at gsp can um can uh, can get them streamed live out to you and and raise that hype i have some plans for some fun things for the audience participation once we get to that top 16 with uh people choosing their champion in another fun and interesting way uh, as for prizes it's still something i'm uh i'm trying to figure out for sure there will be a uh play for free option you can absolutely play nothing play all the way be the champion you did it um we're also going to have some essentially buy your own prizes type of things and i'm also working with some of our uh, our partners right now to figure out some other things that i don't want to talk about because nothing's set in stone yet but just so you know kind of where i'm going from there should be a great time looking forward to the participation and before somebody asks it yes you can only sign up for one sector of the four you can't sign up for four to get four chances um you will i will have to go through and manually check this of course uh but hopefully we can have the honor system yes marcel questions we, we had questions times yet quite now quite, quite now all right um time zones yeah so the time zones is um it's when you can play. It's, That's what you I was going to say. So you're you, going to block out like uh, UTC or UMC or whatever it's called, the, the game uh -huh. clock. Right. So same from zero to six. Yeah, it's every six hours. Yeah. From zero to six, if that's your time slot to play, then that's yeah. your – and then seven, six mm -hmm. to – 12 etc etc yeah and i decided uh, i kind of got to put that in big letters that the understanding is that the, what you're signing up for is when to when you play it has nothing to do with where you live is when are you available to play because some people who you know maybe you work a night shift and you would play during the day like your daytime you know there, there's different considerations the goal is to make it 
as available as possible. Now, for our like super competitive, uh, you know, people trying to find their edge, the reality is um, that you might be thinking, well, Dion, shouldn't I just try to play in whatever sector has the least number of people? Hmm. Kind of the good thought, but the plan is no matter the size of it, we're playing six rounds. We're playing six rounds. Even if there's six people, we're going to play six rounds, okay, no matter what. And that that is a, uh, a trying to set up a, an understanding of there is no advantage in being in any uh, in any specific time zone in any specific sector uh, it's all about you got to play your six games and we're just trying to set up play playable times for people does that make sense guys like pretty clear for a, a rough draft of this upcoming league no, it makes sense. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues is that you might get paired up with somebody and they're only available a Saturday afternoon, right? But you're only mm -hmm. available, you're working thirds, so you're only available during the week on mm -hmm. in the mornings. So, like, making sure that you're getting those opponents uh, can make sure that uh, you can get those games in when you sign up for the league. Awesome. It's awesome. All right. And with that, we're going to go into our main topics of the day, our podcast brought to you by our Gold Squadron patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Now, I want to start by talking about the Siege of Coruscant. The pack came out last Friday. I got to play. Marcel got to play. Will, Ryan, did you guys get an opportunity to play that scenario yet? Not yet. Well. I have not. Nope. Actually, I've, I haven't even gotten a chance to look at the rules yet, so... <laughs> now here is a quick note for the people today we're not doing a full breakdown of it because we are making a dedicated video for the siege of coruscant i have actually been editing it all day today it's coming together really cool it goes through all the steps of the um of the scenario all the rules is very concise pictures and graphics and things and you'll get to see the conclusion of the game between myself and marcel but uh marcel i want to ask an overarching question did you enjoy this scenario yeah i had fun and number two do you after playing it one time do you think there's more playability in it outside of what we just did yes I mean, I can go deeper into it, but yeah, I think you can play it more than once. I think you can play it, um, if, if it's the same two people playing it, I can imagine you being able to get maybe five games before before you have to completely start changing up the, maybe four, between four or five games before you have to completely start changing up the, the, um, the rules a little bit and making mm -hmm. up your own. Um, yeah, I think I think four games is 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 about the the max that I would do myself like, without without any changes because we played we played just with the standard loadout cards. We didn't go any customized loadout or anything like that. Yeah, and when I say changes, I'm not just talking about changes. I would probably keep the standardized. I'm saying changes. Um, after playing it three or four times, we would know well enough. Like there's um. An you know, optimal way to play it. 
either that or hey let's add some additional shields here or let's add you know just start building out your own little um um homebrew little yeah just just house rules your own little house rules in order to to keep it fresh but i i i would in every scenario i would probably not not use the uh the standard loadouts for it i think i think i think that's part of the part of the draw for it because mm -hmm. once you start bringing in uh things that are not included in the in the pack mm -hmm. then you get more into a different type of game which is how can i abuse the rules and break yeah the how can i break it <laughs> yeah, so. which that's that's in and of its own fun right so uh but yeah we played with standard loadout if you want to see the conclusion of that game you got to watch out watch for that video the goal is to have the uh the video out let's see this usually be released on tuesday i'm gonna say for thursday would be the release and it basically starts with a this is how to play it and it ends with this is what happened in our game and it's not the full the full you know hour and a half that we ended up playing it's it's all fast forwarded with some commentary on top hour of and it a half uh, it was longer than that but i got home at midnight <laughs> i don't remember the whole, it's it's all fast forwarded anyway just kind of talking through what happened in the game but uh it was a great time so um if you've played the battle of coruscant or excuse me the siege of coruscant let us know how you enjoyed it all right so we did have two uh tournaments one over this week and one over last weekend that i want to talk about especially with us heading into the uh to world here in march we have las vegas is open around the corner uh the meta is building the meta is growing we have to start analyzing looking at what people are doing to figure out how we think these uh games are going to go i want to start by talking a little about the polish world qualifier uh that happened two weeks ago let's go ahead and head over to that screen right here make some quick adjustments and we should be good to go There it is. So this is a world qualifier that happened in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, there was a player count of 82, so a great size tournament. And um, let's go ahead and start breaking it down. Our champion of the event, um, a name that is very well known in the X-Wing community worldwide, Fawn Langalan, uh, flying a Galactic Republic list. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi with elusive calibrated laser targeting, shield upgrade, Anakin Skywalker uh, with crack shot R4P17 shield upgrade, Contrail with crack shot R7A7, delayed fuses, Besh and proton bombs, and Hawk in that lat with the dedicated agile gunner and seventh fleet gunner so this is a, an adjusted squad from my a quick look at it an adjusted squad from uh the quote-unquote duncan republic list that would have been really popular um any thoughts anything uh, about the list you guys want to point out uh it apparently doesn't need corky crease or satine yeah so i don't need any points didn't yeah, original, original had was yeah Corky and C3PO on Hound, which was also his ability mattered a oh, lot. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Stuff that <clears throat> Duncan specifically used. Uh, the seven B Anakin is a little different with Crackshot R4P17 shield, so going for the more direct health and the more red red maneuver manipulation with Anakin's ability. 
Uh, pretty much a very similar contrail to what we've seen in the past. I'll be opting for shield instead of R2-D2. Um, yeah, and just simply saying, all right, can't give me hound? I'll take hawk. And I'll just take... I, I, with hawk, I've been putting, like, this is this is like the baseline upgrade suite, just dedicated agile gunner, 7th fleet. Fits well, you move the arc where you need to go. That's dedicated, which is really helpful. So, I mean, does this basically mean that what matters the most in this list when it comes to the lat helping out is that extra offensive dice from seven fleet gunner and making sure that it's available as well as those re-rolls with the, with the arc. Component. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I think what it had extra before pushed it farther than apparently AMG wanted it to go. All mm -hmm. the all the extra tools Hound brought with his ability with Corky passing calculates. They're saying, all right, let's let's tailor that back a bit. Hound's six points. He could keep most of his loadout, not all of it. He lost like three points. Um, but you can have Hawk. You can get the baseline stuff you're looking for. You can keep all the other stuff on the other ships you had. Von Langlon still liked it enough to continue using it and it worked. Um, I think it's Worth knowing that this Poland uh, event uh, allowed the new points and Yavin ships, but no Hotshots and Aces was out either, just came out that week before this event, and they decided for this event they were going to stick with um, just Yavin and the points update that came with it. Solid. Let's keep it going with our second place, our runner-up ticket, Brian. Uh, so we have an Empire list uh, running Rear Admiral Chirinu. Uh Not the common decimator we see these days. Normally uh, Mordekai and or Oiken. Uh, but running Darth Vader, Crew, Death Troopers, Agile Gunner, Seismic Charges, and Dauntless. Captain Faroff with Seven Sister, Vizier with Palpatine, and Countdown with Shield Upgrade. You want to talk about a slog trying to kill through those ships vizier is probably the easiest ship to kill but he's the it's the ship that has to contribute the least to this because palpatine could still be helping the rest of us running around doing objectives medium ship uh is great for assault uh great for carrying crates because with the ailerons still being allowed to use ailerons even though you're carrying a crate and then uh just saying all right i mean i'm a reaper uh, and I got a lot of health, and I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll hit the scramble button. Or maybe even Sharon will hit the scramble button. Who knows? I got Palpatine <laughs> and all this Force extra around here to help me out. So, I mean, Countdown takes a wild kill, unless you can put... I mean, what people need to understand with Countdown, you put a bunch of guns on him in a single turn, he can die. It's just mm. that first initial shot, or the shot that forces him to use his ability, means it's off for the rest of that turn. Faroff is extremely hard to kill. Uh, the most durable Reaper with its ability. And then Shirinu. Uh, assuming just because rounded out at 8 points, it's a higher initiative I-5, better for those scramble objectives, but in carrying a lot more tools with Vader crew being dangerous. Um, and maybe just didn't find a good, a good reason to say spend another point to put into making countdown a five point ship versus uh and, and bringing shirinu down to a seven point decimator right so he opted to say let's put more into my decimator and then 
less into my counter, which may have been a trap, right? You go for that decimator, but do you have enough guns the rest of the game to finish off any of the other ships in a meaningful manner? Mm-hmm. All right, let's move it on over. Marcel, take a look at our first top four. This goes to, this is uh, Marius K. I, I think you say Krakowczyk. Um, Kylo Ren in the first order with hate and proton torpedoes. That is the silencer Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, I assume, with the proton torpedoes. Commander Maurus, cluster missiles. Ember uh, with proud tradition pattern analyzer. Scorch with shield upgrade and then long shot with proud tradition and uh, pattern analyzer. That's five ships. All five ships have the potential to roll three dice. Um, and there, I mean, it's it, it, it's a solid list. I, I don't think this is a. It, it's one of those lists where you take five pieces that can work independently, and there's no, there's no, um, there's no. What do you call it? Like, there, there's nothing in there that that like one ship enables the other ship to do something. Uh, probably the only one would be Ember with Ember's ability shooting last. Uh, with everybody else being I-5 and I-4, you can just choose to shoot last with Ember. Other than that, there's really no other uh, I'm, I'm synergy between them. I'm kind of surprised to see Longshot. Like, that's a TIE fighter that I tried to use very early on when it was released, and I always struggled to actually get that ability to go off. It, it gives you that uh, additional die at range, range three. three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can just put it in the back and keep it alive, and let it be your, your, let it be your, your objective getter. And if it's out there getting an objective, taking pot shots or drawing fire, it's only a three-point ship, so it's 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 pretty well positioned to to not be in a bad spot, okay. especially with proud tradition and pattern analyzer. You can target lock focus after you K turn. So just get if people are starting to get close to you, just do a long K turn and um, you know just put that either three die at range one or three die at range three gun to work. Um, what I don't know what other options there are at, at initiative three. I mean at, at cost of three. Uh, well, now there are, but back then. Now there's, yeah, now there's a new I-5 that can coordinate on death. Well, not his death, when other people die. Like yeah, an yeah. Avenger-style ability. Avenger-style. Um, yeah, but, yeah, it's just five ships that work well independently. They do objectives relatively well. Uh, and, yeah, if you put them in the right spot, it's they, all of them have three three agility. That's I think that's the the main thing is in there is uh, all of them are not necessarily easy to kill. All this right, is one of those lists that you just have to fly right. Just don't be bad. You'll be yeah, fine. I, I think this is <laughs> I think this is a secret objective list uh, that they're that they're all fast, uh, easy like work independently. You don't have to be in formation or anything. I can see this catching a lot of people off guard. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take the next one, Will. Uh, you got Oliver. MM. Right. 
Uh, they are flying a scum and villainy list. We got Boba Fett with fearless proton bombs, contraband, slave one, uh, Ahsoka, veteran tail gunner, uh, then Kane and Jarrus with Maul, Rickass, Notorious, the Mandalorian, the Child, Dropsy Bay, Contraband Cyberdex, and the Swivel Wing. Uh, so very uh, similar to uh, what Cam Murray is flying uh, with Kane and protecting two big scum ships. Uh, and the Vertcast with that Mandalorian and the Child, uh, reinfor white reinforcing with. Uh, essentially like unlimited force adding the reinforced evades so consistent to deal damage and to defend against uh, this one is there uh, what do I want to say there is no difference for Marauder versus Slave 1 because uh, they both get the veteran tail gunner is that right uh -huh. The Marauder, though, has the base ability re to reroll one extra dice out of the back arc shot. Right, it's the reroll versus the crit. Yes. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, I'm glad glad someone's out there not running Marauder, actually running Slave 1 with Bulba. Uh, but yeah, a very scary list. We've seen it. Uh, how Kingan protects those defensive large base ships uh, just point sinks. Um, what's a Bulba? Nine points these days. So, nine points in Bulba and seven points in Rick Cass can be a long time to chew through those guys with Kanan protecting them. All right, let's keep it going. So, Michael Nguyen on uh, brought a empire list as well he's our first of our top eight here uh darth vader with marksmanship hate and afterburners i believe is that the battle of yavin darth vader right yes that is yep yeah battle of yavin darth vader we had merrick steel in the x1 as well with marksmanship ruthless and fire control system proton rockets and munitions fail safe Iden Versio with Elusive and Ion Cannon that's in the TIE Fighter. Moff Gideon in the TIE Fighter as well with Notorious Cloaking Device and Wampa to round out the squad with Elusive and uh, Vengeful, which is... Uh, that one's Yavin Wampa. That, that's the Battle of Yavin um, Interceptor Wampa. No, no, there's no Interceptor Wampa. There's just it's, TIE Fighter Wampa. Is it TIE Fighter Wampa? Yeah, yeah. three-point TIE Fighter Wampa. Yavin. What's the... So, I have not actually had an opportunity to look at the Battle of Yavin uh, Empire stuff. What's what's this Wampa's ability? So, Vengeful... It, the Wampa's ability is the same. Vengeful just says when a friendly ship at range 0-3 to three is destroyed... If that ship is limited, you may remove one of your red tokens or recover one recurring charge on your ship guard. It's kind of like a cutthroat for him. Yeah, yeah, it's Imperial cutthroat. Uh, basically, if you if they've already turned off your your ability, you turn it back on, and okay. it also gives you four health. So it's got a hull upgrade built in. Very vengeful Wampa. <laughs> don't kill his friends; he will be angry. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. All right, let's keep it going, Ryan. Next uh, is Cornell, our next top eight competitor. 
Yeah, Cornell running a separatist list. Uh, start with uh, Django. Savage is the force crew of choice. We have the Slave 1 title of veteran tail gunner. Proton bombs, the combo of contraband and false transponder codes, but opting for the um, talent to be trick shot instead of many other options we're used to seeing at least. Trick shot, I think we've only seen on Django in the past with electro chaff missiles, which I've definitely seen a decrease in use. Usually, right now, I would talk to you about a normal standard Grievous, but no, do not have a Grievous in this list. We have a Sunfock with Ensnare, Predator, Elusive, and Targeting. This means the rest of the list we have, instead of a, a Hyena and two Vultures, we have three Vultures, all with Discord Missiles, Independent Calculations, and Grappling Struts. So a, a uh, very uncommon sighting of Sunfock that can still definitely wreak havoc on a lot of people's ships. Um, pretty good loadout, I think. Uh, the Ensnared Predator is kind of your base starting point in most people that, that bring Sunfock, but then after that, uh, with three other points, a lot of people tend to go crack shot. Um, I think targeting computer when you have the opportunity to take those locks for the side arc shots, um, but also elusive helps his staring power a little bit. I, I tend to favor um, Enduring a little bit on Sunfock because the crits on Nantex can be so bad and just disallowing you to even use the ability of the ship itself. So I'd be curious to know if there were any games that Cornell had where he tractored his own vulture for a barrel roll or boost out of an arc or to get a Discord missile off to be a trick that I remember um, Paul Heaver doing back when he ran a, a old uh, Nantex with a lot of drones list. Using that tractor on his own friends. I mean, you could tractor somebody onto a Discord, just not an obstacle. Uh, I'd have True. to double check the timing to see if they if shooting the Discord is at the same time as Ensnare. I know. Oh, ensnares at the end of activation, and they're at the start of combat. But I guess okay. you could throw I them in, that's move them, and then throw the discord at them. Yes, but would be the correct order. Unless there was a discord out from the previous turn, which can happen sometimes. You know, the buzz droids finish off Namin on a ship, and, and it's just floating there. You put someone back on it. More noms. <laughs> Uh, I get, yeah, this is this is definitely one where I, I wish I would have. It'd be nice to see Cornell play this list because no, normally you you mentioned it earlier. Normally we see General Grievous in a list like this to see Sunfuck out there. Like that is a conscious decision to do that. And oh, two I six ships, you know, one fire spray and one Nantex with a snare. Can't ignore it's it's hard to ignore one of them, but you gotta focus one of them out. Choose your fate. Alright, let's keep it going here with Alfred Molfar Sosgornik Marcel. Uh Flying the Republic. Um I'm not gonna try to correct you on that one. With Obi Wan Kenobi, with elusive calibrated laser targeting and shield upgrade, so that would be the uh, Delta 7 variety. Anakin Skywalker with Crackshot, R4, P17, and shield upgrade. That is the uh, regular ETA, ETA, I believe. 
Is that correct? Or is it the 7B? It's the 7B? Okay. 7B, Anakin. Contrail with Crackshot, R7A7, who is... Is that the crit droid? With the crit droid, uh, delayed fuses, alpha 3B bash and proton bombs. And then Hawk with dedicated 7th Fleet Gunner and uh, Agile Gunner. Quick question. So why um, is Hawk cheaper than than hound now like what what made the the switch is yeah just... hawk is five hound is six okay yeah uh, yeah that makes sense and, uh, hawk only has 12 loadout hound has 20. hawk only has 12. yep yeah, the five point lats only have 12 sicko and hound okay and he's got uh, 20 points is a lot but one point is also a lot to give up one one loadout um uh, Especially I mean, it's, when it's a ship that never shoots. It yeah. Makes a lot of people shoot better, but six points for a ship that never really shoots. Eesh. <laughs> yeah, so it's still basically the, you know, it's it's very similar to Fawn, or is it the same as Fawn Langla? Or very, just very similar? I think it's upgrade for upgrade. Looking it over, it, it looks the exact same. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, Maybe it was, teammates. Yeah, it was a good list back then, and it's still a good list now. A little bit downgraded, but it, I mean, it kind of shows you even if you downgrade it a little bit and it's still performing, it was um, pretty strong. Before. I mean, two two double reposition aces in the right hand can win a lot of matches. Yeah, well, double reposition and double modded because of oh yeah, that's also helpful with the force and the rerolls. Yeah, and then also one of them having a an unlimited advanced proton or proton yeah, advanced proton torpedo or actually it's more like a procket, an unlimited procket. Yeah. Not much to say. I, mean, I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but vote. I think Siege of Coruscant might give it a couple upgrades. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's 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 going to Republic is going to get has a lot more options with Siege of Coruscant, so it's not like this gets any worse. It's just more stuff is available as options. Uh, this is a first order list, has views in the uh, Tiafo fighter, automated target priority, and the shield upgrade. Uh, long shot with juke and electronic baffle. Uh, static with elusive and juke. Scorch with elusive and juke. Midnight with fanatical, elusive, magpulse, warheads, uh, and shield upgrade. And then Commander Malaris with biohexacrypt codes. Tactical Officer, General Hux, and a shield upgrade. So that's that's uh, the Sire Shuttle Commander Malaris out there doing white coordinates to coordinate three different ships at once. This is how you're able to utilize these jukes, which is normally a card reserved for people getting free evades, like on full throttle ships, your defenders and your Naboo. In this instance, though, General Hux can give each one of these ships an evade, then they can take their regular focus or target lock 
uh, as their primary action there. Uh, and I assume then with Commander Malaris's ability to give them rerolls on blanks for a string, they could even just take the focus. So you get a double minded shot uh, with Juke as well uh, for three of these long shots, Static and Scorch. Uh, Static can even spend both of them and make all of their, both the target lock and focus to uh, turn all their dice results into crits. Uh, it is weird to see so many Typho fighters in one list, and it's been a long time since we've seen multiple jukes in a list uh, be successful uh, because these are all mostly two attack dice ships. Uh, but interesting uh, to still pull the Hux uh, out of the bag. But when you're coordinated I-5, it uh, seems pretty good. All right. So that was our top eight from the Polish World Qualifier. Uh, quick shout outs to our other top 16 competitors who made the cut. Um, just want to take some quick peeks here. We do see a Rebel uh, performance show up. We had a Garvin Wedge, uh, Dutch Arvel. Aaron Kraken squad trying to just take a look here we did see scum pop up again with a Q9 uh, Cad Bane and Boba Fett lists as well now we move on to packs unplugged now my understanding Ryan from what you were saying uh, this had Battle of Yavin was legal Hot Shots and Aces 2 was legal um but this would mean that the Siege of Coruscant was not available yet, correct? Oh, it was available. It it, and, 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 and legal? Oh, it's a, it's all legal. It's all... <laughs> I'll make it legal. All right, cool. I just, want, just double they, check. They, they didn't care. They wanted it all. They wanted to see all the fun toys. It's all, all right. there. Full chaos. Looks like they had about 60 players uh, available for this one. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, did, I do feel a little bad. I got a bunch of tags... A bunch of tags from people saying, Dion, are you guys going to be at, at PAX? And I was like, I honestly didn't know what was happening. Um, and that's just because, just to be direct, who's the TO at PAX Unplugged? Who is uh, that person? I know it's, okay. Well, actually, hold on, Longshakes has this. Andrew Lewitsky and Zach Hood. Those are the names on the hosted by spot in Longshakes. All right, cool. Because... My, if you remember, we went to PAX Unplugged three years in a row, but that's because we were working directly with uh, with Cascade Games and then Yeti Games after that, and then COVID happened right before the last the 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 next one. So um, I just don't know who's who's whoever's in that group. If you want us there, hit us up. We could try to figure it out. Uh, yeah, so this this is. This is an unofficial event, so this right. is not a qualifier. This is just a good group of people hosting an X-Wing event. PAX Unplugged did happen last year by the same group of people, but it has not been anything official under the Asmodee banner. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens next year with all the – with their kind of restructuring of, of – 
of uh, organized play, which we can speculate on all that later. But my understanding is they got they got a whole thing planned for after Worlds uh, with an actual like you know store championships and regionals and kind of trying to get us back on track, for lack of a better term, back to the heydays. Anyway, let's keep it going um, with our PAX Unplugged champion Phil Karush uh, with an Imperial Squad Darth Vader. Malice, Juke, Heavy Laser Cannon. This is the Defender Darth Vader. We have Vizier in the TIE Reaper carrying Emperor Palpatine. And three sleek TIE LN fighters. Iden Versio with Elusive Ion Cannon. And two Black Squadron Aces. You say, I don't need Jingoist. I'll just take the Black Squadron Aces. They're good enough. Pretty all, all around solid squad. You can see what's happening there. Uh, Iden's protecting the TIE Fighters and or herself. You got Vizier for the extra mods uh, on Palpatine. And Darth Vader in the Defender is Darth Vader in the Defender. He stays alive, good at killing things. And you have the TIE Fighters out there to be able to do the objectives as needed. All right, let's move on. Philip Schmidt with uh, our runner-up. Take it, Ryan. We have a resistance list. Uh, we have Ray. Heroic, Rose, Novice Technician, Finn, Engine Upgrade, and Reese. Millennium Falcon, one of the more common loadouts we see Ray with. Uh, we got Poe. Uh, this is tr not Trigger Happy Poe. No, it is Trigger Happy Poe. Never mind. Heroic R4, Ferrosphere, Proton Torpedo, Overdrive, Thrusters, S-Foils, and Black 1. Now, instead of a third ship, opted for splitting it into two ships. To do that, you need to use your only two-point ship in the faction, BB-8, running the Chewbacca crew. A little bit of additional soft mod offense there. Um, and then the new addition to the three-point crew of Resistance, Rorby Tice in the RZ-2 A-Wing with Starbird Slash and Ferrosphere Paint. Rorby, the I-4 uh, three-point or loadout RZ-2 A-Wing, now available to Resistance. Um... And probably has the ability to trigger more than people realize. Um, after defending a range of one, you may assign the basically you may assign the attacker a deplete token, which doesn't hurt them this turn, but does kind of control where they could be going in the next turn if they want to do uh, their normal damage, or at least um, would control maybe a bonus attack that ship has. Awesome. Let's keep it going. Jeremy Chambly, the one and only, well, the well-known, the ever-happy. Take it, Marcel. Jeremy flying the uh, Empire with Darth Vader, uh, Marksmanship, Hate, and Afterburners. Uh, that is the Battle of Yavin. Darth Vader, six points. Then also Flight Leader Ubel. Ubel, 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 and he is the um, the big chunky guys. What what, what are they called? Tie heavy type brute. Yeah, the heavy, the heavy, tie heavy brute, brute heavy, and that is the initiative five. Basically, after a friendly ship, including itself, at range zero to two, takes a damage damage card not just a shield damage, you may perform a bonus attack against the attacker. Um, 
which means that that's cool to see this new ship coming back uh type yeah, like never showed up before hello ruthless and sync laser cannon and tiber saxon uh tiber saxon basically shoot the first time and then um double strain it for the next two follow-up shots at follow-up shots it guarantees three dice at range one two and three both from the front and back arc so that is um it hits it hits pretty hard especially if it's going to be shooting twice per twice per round uh, and it is helped out by two more i5s backstabber uh tie fighter with crack shot discipline and afterburners and the stapled next to them mauler mythal predator and afterburners and then just a generic black squadron ace tie fighter basically one two three battle of yavin ships and then a um is that the aces pack the flight leader yep yep that's that's hot shots too so uh basically everything except the uh the generic tie fighter is all new content um and it's one it's four ships shooting at i5 or higher and then um another ship shooting again at i whatever shoots first darth vader is the only ship with shields here so essentially um uh flight leader wells ability triggers with any damage because uh, unless they knock off the shields off of vader um it, it, it's all going to be damage cards there's no there's no other shields here Right. we're gonna sorry i had i noticed i i accidentally skipped <laughs> skipped somebody the runner-up for the event uh philip schmidt here uh no, with, we talked about no, it. that's what i went over we did that wow yeah. am I, i'm having a sorry i slept in a moment i'm having a moment i've not been sleeping babies hard uh anyway sam page is our other top four competitor take it will all right, this is another boy, Yam, uh, boy Vader out there. Uh, that marks some ship hate afterburners signature upgrades of the boy Vader. Uh, Captain Faroff with seven sister, apparently a staple these days. Uh, when you can put a force crew on a ship, you should. Uh, then we have, again, Backstabber and Mahler Missile uh, with their afterburners. Um, versions those are the boy versions where they get the extra dice for hanging out with darth vader and then iden versio with elusive and ion cannon so iden helps protect uh those other time fighters keep them in the fight for as long as possible and we've already talked about how good captain Faroth is um being able to basically uh convert that single agility into an evade against almost every single attack Plus, the uh, the debuffing ability, uh, Captain Faroth, best out there jamming, and with Seven Sister, if they take a stress, you can also jam somebody. So even if they run into Captain Faroth, uh, you can prevent them from having those focus tokens. Or Tractor. A lot of people forget you can assign yeah. a Tractor token with That's Seven true. Sister, too. Very scary. Uh, yeah, the the thing you don't want to do is run into the front of her off, and they track to bring you off of her for a range one uh, shot. Don't know. 
Womp womp. Womp womp is right. Now, before we jump into our top eight, I have a tangent topic. Something I thought I'd try here. Short tangent topic. Recently, AMG released information about their new upcoming game, Star Wars Shatterpoint. Okay. Now, quick quick thought. Quick, Give me quick hits on, on your initial thoughts. We'll start with Ryan. Go. Uh, looks really cool, uh, but any game I've got into that deals with painting, I never end up finished painting anything. But I think with the l lesser amount of models with more detail, I might just get people to. Com I just might have them commissioned it, so it's because it's skirmish size, not big army size. Marcel looks really cool. I'm in. I'm interested for sure. Uh, not interested at all. I mean, I I don't play Legion. I don't play Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, if my camera went bad, my I barely see you guys. I think it's uh, You're good. I started downloading something by accident. The um, anyway, I'm just not interested. Anything that has to do with assembly or painting, not I'm not going to be involved. Will. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, gonna preach to the choir here. Uh, the assembly and painting, which means I'm not going to uh, get into the hobby side of it, though. Uh, if you got Star Wars, you got the Clone Wars era uh, battles, um, I think I could play any game like that. Uh, I'm just not. Yeah, mine would be like unassembled bases. I still got, <laughs> I still even have put together my Legion set yet. Uh it's on the things to do list and it never gets done yeah so i mean i'm in the same boat honestly I just, it's it's a thing of time i don't have the time so i won't be able to play but he, here is a question and i this is i don't know i got into x imagine if you had to assemble x-wing good lord that'd be crazy but here, here's a question do I, I guess here's more I'm curious. I'm curious to know if it costs – if the price of painting – them coming painted in some way, even if it's I, – I, if coming painted and assembled is not worth it for them to like – does taking away the hobby side hurt their money side? It actually does, yeah. But does it really? Actually seen X X Wing is is a rarity, extreme rarity in the tabletop world in having pre assembled, pre painted. Um, a lot of what has been the most popular and enduring uh, games they endure through things like, I mean, not like we're expecting another pandemic. Mm -hmm. or, please don't. Um, <laughs> But things that endure slumps of like maybe a game state or a rule set or things that are going on, maybe just someone who's just like, I don't feel like playing in this meta. These points are weird. My faction's not feeling too great. What endures through stuff like that and gets people to stay interested in it is the hobby aspect. It's theirs. It's their build. It's their look. It's their paint job. It's, it's something they can work on that isn't just playing the game. Uh-huh. So, like, if you have a lull in your local community and you don't have the ability to play, it doesn't stop you from being at home painting up a model. Which is true, but um, but that's if you're into that kind of stuff. And, and the, there's a 
there, there's a group of people who are, and there's a group of people who are not. And at least for the people that play X-Wing, I think a good portion of them are are not, but not all of them, because there's also a lot of crossover between Legion and uh, my request protocol and X-Wing. So there, there's there's some spillover. Um, but but that's that you know for example, uh, I play, I've played and enjoyed lesser games. What I mean lesser games is games that are not as 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 thought out as put together because they they do have things that are already just set up where you just grab it, you set up, you play, and you go. Uh, for example, uh, I've I've played uh, Magic: The Gathering. It's called uh, Planeswalker. Mm -hmm. and it's basically you just put a table out and you play 1v1 and you pick your side and you got your miniatures and and things like that it's not a very complicated game it's basically um it's pretty rudimentary but there's um there's no setup there's no mm -hmm. i don't have to spend hours painting stuff the models are unpainted the well the minions are unpainted and and the heroes are painted already but it's um yeah it's it's easy you pick it up you play it and, Wait, were you talking, and you talking about the game with like the the brown tiles that you can stack on each other uh yeah like a deck of hand you had a hand deck yeah you get a hand deck and then you and you, you, you get, summon you, you summon it up with your planeswalker is that mm -hmm. what you're talking about yeah yeah okay yeah. Right, i definitely played that planeswalker summoning <laughs> game. but it's pretty again it's 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 not there's not a lot of complexity to it but and it, and and you play it once or twice and then you know whatever you you put it away the i i'll play stuff like that if i'm bored and there's people around coming around versus me sitting around and, and painting stuff and i think right it, it's a different mindset like people will will occupy their time one way or another I true I, yeah I, I, long way of saying i'm not i'm not interested yeah i just i guess <laughs> i wish i and i wonder if a company would ever do this maybe amg thoughts what if they released two versions what if they released like the painted core set and i'll pay i'll pay a tax for it that's fine the so, painted tax so me and me and james were actually we were talking about it a lot on wednesday because there was a couple of days after shatterpoint came out yeah and like the overall estimate was like like twice like uh or uh it was like like 75 to twice the amount i would easily play yeah yeah to, to have it done just so i can just pick it up and play a game with my friends yeah absolutely mm -hmm. for sure because our, our comparison was like a like a gauntlets are about 60 bucks or a huge ships about 100 or so right mm -hmm. like would you buy a huge ship for 50 bucks if you had to paint it and assemble it i'm sure some people would but i wouldn't <laughs> no i would never i would never <laughs> i will pay a hundred dollars for that uh being complete though mm -hmm. yeah, but i just don't think that that's like like you said like uh x-wing floats that line of like is it a model is it uh an action figure whatever you want you know uh, or is it is it something to you know just play a game with and that's the i guess that's the difference of like um 
Well, you went to you went to Star Wars Galaxies, right? You built yeah. your own lightsaber. Yeah. You customized it and all those things. Yeah. Uh, but like, if if you just went there and just like, like, okay, here you go, here's your lightsaber, and just like, you just open it up and that was yours. You didn't have any choice in it. That's, right. it that's it an experience. Just, I, I guess you know you're you're right. There's some people who are there to buy the experience. I guess I want. I guess I want to buy a game. I want to buy a game that I can play with my friends. Yeah. I don't want to buy an experience. <laughs> I the, the experience I want is playing a game with my friends, not being in a room painting Sculpting alone. Is what yeah, you, that's is that's what not you don't me. Want to do. It's not. It's not. I agree. I, it's obviously it's not our target. Uh, yeah. We're not the target audience for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, My first experience of tabletop gaming mm-hmm. uh, when I first started playing X Wing, I, I met this guy um, in uh, Romeoville, where I was living out in the west suburbs, and he lived around the corner. And he's like, hey, you know, you play. We 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 met at X Wing like like one of the events uh, early on, like in the first two three months that I started playing. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, come over, we'll play some X Wing. And I went to his his house and in his basement, um, he showed me his army game, whatever the army game. It's one of those popular army games like battle tanks and stuff like that. And he had so much stuff, and he had like all the stuff to build it and kit it. And I'm like, man, this is this looks like really amazing. He had like the custom made trees and all these other things. He's like, yeah, I've spent around two thousand dollars on it, two years painting the stuff. You know, it's like I'm really invested. I said, well, how many games have you played? None. I'm still <laughs> finishing up my first army. I'm like what? That, yeah, I mean, uh, I was like, uh, I, maybe that put me in the wrong foot. But he's, like, <laughs> he's, he's several thousand dollars in, uh, two years of painting and modding and everything like that, and yet to play his first game yeah, because his army not, is not complete. I'm like, well, right. that's not that's not the game he's trying to play though. The game is having a great army. <laughs> if it wins, and, whatever. And that's that's you know that's some people's entertainment and there's nothing wrong with it it's just i want to pick it up play and be about my day yep and like to respond to the first time caller i know he says you only have to paint slash build a handful of models uh you're not making an army like you would have to with legion e- even even if even if it was just one to be completely honest like oh you just have to paint this one thing i I am not. I'm not interested and or have the time. Like my time is at such a premium oh. that I like. It's like if I need, if I have time for gaming, I want to play a game. Like I uh, play. I don't I, think. Uh, I don't think that's going to. The like not being able to model it is going to dissuade any of us from playing it though. Like if you want, if you're gonna just let me play with a beautiful painted Grievous that you have done up. Sure. You know, if somebody if, if somebody sends me a set painted up, I'll play Shadowfall. <laughs> No, I've been like at the game store or something. But sure, I mean, either way. Listen, listen. You know what? I'll put it out there. If somebody is willing to do a set, I'll pay double retail for if it's just done. If it's just done, double retail. All right. I'll put it out there. It looks cool. I'll play, but it has to be. What what is what is your opinion of it being only Clone Wars right now? I mean, it makes sense that they start with only Clone Wars because you have the most amount of like. Like skirmish makes sense in that skirmish doesn't quite make sense mm-hmm. in uh, in the um, the the yeah, rebel you, era. You only, you only have like Tarkin, Vader, Emperor, and then you had to go into bounty hunters. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Scum and villain, he just gets ginormous. Like, you get an ATST. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the Imperial roster runs thin quick. Mm hmm. Exactly. So, anyway, there's our tangent of the day. Let's get back into it. We got Paul Heaver with our top eight. Uh, Paul Heaver with General Grievous. By the way, we're talking about packs unplugged. Uh, brought General Grievous with Outmaneuver Impervium Plating Solus One that's in that bulb lab. Then we see our first appearance of Dirge. That is one of the Rogue Starfighter pilots, one of the new ones. Uh, has proton cannons. Contraband Cybernetics, Engine Upgrade, and Xanadu Blood. Then rounding out, we have DIST81 with Outmaneuver Afterburners and Contingency Protocol. That is one of the Siege of Coruscant um, Tri-Fighters, which I did get to play when we played the uh, Siege of Coruscant. Watch out for the video coming out on Thursday where we talk about how to play it and the squads that we brought. And last but not least, we have Count Dooku with Malice, uh, Rolling Anger, and Scimitar. I did not get an opportunity to play with Count Dooku uh, in that game. Um, I won't say why, but it just didn't happen. Uh, we didn't have that ship available. We'll just put it that way. But uh, pretty cool to see this Siege of Coruscant pilot uh, make it into the top eight, especially with such a re respected player. What were you going to say, Will? Uh, I'm shocked that you didn't play uh, uh, Nuku. I, you uh, know, it just didn't come up. Uh, but I don't, I don't. Really it, it worked out for your benefit. Listen, we don't. No spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. It just didn't happen. That's all I'm saying. All right. But anyway, uh, let's keep it going. Uh, Will, let's take a look at Paul Braggins with another resistance appearance. All right. Paul has uh, Jarek Yeager uh, in that fireball. He's got heroic marksmanship, magpulse, targeting computer, failsafe, and the title. Uh, so being able to take locks and shoot those magpulse warheads at initiative five. Great weighted debuff at such a cheap price at only three points. I got nine nub with heroic pattern analyzer. R2HA, is that the uh, Predator reroll droid? If I'm not mistaken. R2HA. R2. I don't know what R2HA. I don't know. I don't know if that is. I don't think that. I think it's R2D6 is the one I'm thinking of. It is. While you defend, if you may spend your lock on the attacker to reroll any number of your defense dice. Really? Okay. Uh, well, it does work great with uh, Nine's ability with Pattern Analyzer to take multiple actions. Kind of clears it like uh, Anakin in the uh, Aether Sprite. Also has Tim and Wexley. Uh, this is Heroic Optics R6D8. That's the reroll droid. Uh, as far as JMV, of course. Uh, Zay, that's the new one uh, with Roic and M9. Um, the droid that lets you lock another ship and then it gets rerolls. I forget Zay's ability. Oh, it's it's Del Miko's. Because mm -hmm. that's that's the narrative uh, daughter of. Uh, you can reroll your defense dice while the attacker is damaged and then merle coming in as a three-point a-wing with heroic and electronic baffle so a good mix of ships 
but you get three T70s in there uh, and uh, a blocker in Merle, a little bit of debuff in Jerk. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of Zay uh, at four points, decent loadout, decent ability. Uh, I think it's a resistance staple going forward. I agree. I think I think a lot of resistance lists you go probably. I mean, Merle Zay is a good start. It's a good start if you're planning Merle on building Zay, a five. Um, like yeah. Merle Zay is a great start for resistance. Our, our next uh, top A competitor, Brett Freeman. Take a look, Marcel. I'm looking. It's going to be uh, the Republic with Anakin Skywalker. Uh, I believe that is also the Delta 7B Anakin Skywalker without maneuver R7A7. Is R7A7 the crit droid? Yes. And is this really Delta 7B? It doesn't seem like enough points for Delta 7B. Mm, um, I can double check right now if you give me right, 30 seconds. Well, be... it, would have, it would have calibrated if it didn't. No, you're right. And then we have, um, well, it could also be the ETA. ETA. ETA doesn't have enough loadout for that. No? Okay. So, and then there's Obi-Wan Kenobi with Predator, Calibrate the Targeting Computer and Shield Upgrade. Adi Galia with Patience, Predator, Chopper, Droid, and Calibrated Laser Targeting. What is Adi Galia's ability? Adi Galia's ability is... There you go. While you defend... At attack range one, you may spend the force. Uh, so basically, that is the the she's she's uh, grand in clickader. In click. Yeah, she's yeah she's grand yeah she's grand inquisitor and click at the same time. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, with two force at five points, and then. Finally, clo uh, closing it out with Nimbus class uh, Starfighter, click R3 astromech precision, ion engines, and Alpha 3 esque instead of Besh. Um, yeah, I mean, one, two, three, four. I mean, that's an interesting list, actually. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it, but obviously, they're good. I mean, so basically taking, instead of taking away the offense of the lat support, they're shoving in defensive support between uh, Click and Adi. I, I also think oh, you put, you're, putting a lot of, you're putting a lot of eggs in the Anakin Skywalker bucket as well. You're spending that seven points going up to that 7B. Yeah. I mean, do you, would you like to deal with Anakin or would you like an outmaneuver Anakin on your flank? Uh, I think you're gonna have to turn your back on Obi Wan Ayla. That <laughs> seems like Click. it seems like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great option. All right, and uh, lastly, here in our top eight, we had Chris Allen of the Carolina Crates, who brought with him a Imperial list to the top eight: Darth Vader with Marksmanship, Hate, and Afterburners. That is the Battle of Yavin, Darth Vader, a Black Squadron Ace in the Tie Fighter. We had Mauler Mythel with Predators and Afterburners, as well as Backstabber with Crackshot Discipline Afterburners. Then we had Flight Leader. That is that tie heavy new hot shots and aces two with ruthless sync cannons, sync laser cannons, Tiber Saxon, and electronic baffle. Looks like Chris Allen got that Ubel, um, Ubel loadout. 
uh, going. That might end up being the the loadout we start seeing pop up here. We've seen a couple people uh, be uh, successful with it. So that was our top cut of, uh, of packs unplugged. I just want to take a quick kind of scroll through here. If we see any other uh, hot shots and aces two pilots pop up, we see Zay again, Dirge again. Where, where what are I'm, you at? What I'm not seeing is I'm not seeing any tyrannies, which is sad. I oh, think the first yeah, no, no, no Tierneys, no Hondos. Yeah, no Tierney, no Han, it's, and no Lando. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it's like the competitive players don't want to have fun. Oh, there's one right there, but um, all the way it's twenty eighth, twenty eighth place. Yeah, I think I played against them in um, TTS leading up to this because I played against that exact same list. Shout out to and Chris Daniel. Was, I uh, might have been him, but. Um, yeah, they were practicing for packs with that exact same list. Yeah, Tyranny plus five TIE Fighters. Just makes sense. You still get a six-ship list. All right. It seems like the one that I'm seeing the most pop up is Dirge. Uh, he's a 4-point T70 in two different factions. <laughs> I mean, there's Tycho right there. Uh, Tycho, yeah, no, no composure, Tycho's. I thought we were we were supposed to bend to Tycho's will here. <laughs> well, they didn't load them out correctly. <laughs> well, in this, this is one of those things when you have your first weekend with something like a, like a whole. Uh, uh, you got this first this packs. We we have a lot of cards to go through. Um, I'm with you, Marcel, in saying that I'm kind of surprised not to see Tierney uh, pop up more. May have been matchup reliant, um, but I'm interested to see which I mean, of these pilots percolate to the top. I mean, we ha we haven't talked about uh, the resistance and the the first order, but to me, the uh, tyranny doesn't add a lot. It it's such a big debuff, but it doesn't help your squad at mm -hmm. all. Well, like it, like Tarek's um, crew on a like Gideon or Commander Malaris with that Hux that we saw, like that's really helping out your squad being that support shuttle. Well, mm -hmm. that Tyranny can have. Uh, I think Terex. Tyranny. Yeah, you put Tarek on it. Yeah, I think you yeah. almost have to. Or even you can even do General Hux tactic tactic uh, tactical whatever the one that makes you coordinate white right. to be coordinating two different ships at the same time um actually you can coordinate up to three right ships hux is three but they all got to be stressed they all take yeah, a stress which is fine i mean you can have it the most with, yeah. you know three silencers and or actually with that one with the five tie fighters or four tie fighters whatever mm -hmm. it was five tie fighters and uh, the five point shuttle yeah yeah i mean that's three tie fighters being double modded every single turn and then malrus is also going to be double modded i mean it's it's got legs it's got potential you just got to be able to find the right spot for it but but there was also a couple lists that we saw that were just completely independent for example that other first order ship uh, list that had kylo ember and things like that but mm -hmm. that are um looking at your tyranny and being like okay cute <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess i'm like you want to put on kylo because it's shooting a torp so good luck with that like mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter as much 
Awesome. Well, the last thing I want to do before we head out for the night, we are uh, – it's, it's December. Can I say that? Are we in the holiday season now? We're good now? All right. All of our, all of our after Thanksgiving people, are we cool? We're good? All right. Excellent. So <laughs> – um, my question to you, my friends, is um, if you could make a single decision in X-Wing for Christmas, if Santa went to you and said, hey, you get to make a decision about X-Wing, you get one, what would it be? People in the chat, feel free, feel free to uh, to participate uh, oh, in go. in our merry merry Christmas, that's an easy one for me, and it's one that I've said before. Go for if it. I had to make a one one change to X Wing. It would be a um, a limit on loadout value. So a, a a cap on loadout value. So you can't just load everything with everything, every, everyone with everything. Will? Uh, let's. Uh, can I can I wish for more wishes? Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, I think what I'd want is um, uh, like a slow, uh, or I guess Advent calendar might be the best way to describe it. Uh, like a a way to where we could get. Um, uh, like monthly, I think, uh, sure, if we do monthly, uh, new cards, uh, drips through like social media or other platforms, uh, even, uh, like a, what do I say? Um, campaign or not campaign convention exclusive cards now that they would be available online. Of course, we mm -hmm. just print them out just like any other uh, card off the errata or whatever. Um, but like you could get, uh, yeah, like each each event could have like a special uh, pilot that would come out for it, very thematic for that. Um, but because they're standardized cards, this is, to me, uh, I was very against, you guys know, I was very against the standardized cards. So I was yep. like, no, 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 I want, I want to choose my upgrades. Uh, but now that I've realized that uh, they can help uh, the game by not inflating it because they're self, so, so self-contained. You don't have to quantify every other pilot and every other upgrade available. Uh, so I would essentially want more, like I said, a, a convention ones. I know we did the models, which are great. I mean, don't stop doing the models. Uh, but even uh, like... Uh, world qualifier ones or special events like that and uh, price them out but essentially still give them away for everybody mm -hmm. through some sort of like print to play program yeah start getting uh some of those ban list uh i think i really just want hera back in the ghost give me the hair and the ghost give me these iconic pilots i want to fly again i like it for myself i want something very simple i want to see the next announcement from AMG that includes a model in it. 
I need to see. I want to see what is the next ship that AMG is releasing, or the, really their first ship. Um, I don't know what that is, but that's that's what I want from AMG. I just want to see it. I think I think it, it's one of those things that will make a lot of people happy and kind of starting the the next kind of. Like we've had these card packs, which are a great way to kind of be a stopgap. But I think a, a ship release will, will go a long way for uh, b boosting confidence. After all that uh, Shadowpoint talk, are you worried that they won't be painted? Oh God! If they're not if they're not painted, I riot. Just saying. Just, <laughs> full riots in the streets. Full riots in the streets. Uh, yeah, assemble your own ship with moving parts. Good luck. Um, anyway, that, that's our show for today, everybody. Hopefully, uh, you are feeling good. Uh, I know I am, I have much lack of sleep, but I'm having a good time. So that's, that's what really matters. So thanks for watching, everybody. Be smart and be safe. Gold Squadron out.